Coming up on this week's show, we get a look at the Coastal Magic Convention from Poppy Denison. Joyfully Jay previews this spring's theme week, plus offers some book recommendations, and we've got a whole lot more on top of that. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 71 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from JeffAdamsWrites.com. And I'm Will from WillKnauss.com. This week's episode is sponsored in part by listeners just like you. We'll have more information on how you can help support the show in just a few moments. Hello, sir. Hello. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Happy Valentine's Day back to you. And to all of our lovely listeners out there in podcasty land. Yes. Uh, we hope you have got your week start started started off starting, I don't know. Begun? Be- I hope your week has begun well, begun good. I don't know where I'm going with It's going to be one of these episodes, folks. <sighs> Or maybe we don't have all of our words. So uh, yeah, well, okay. Let's let's go back. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, sir. Are you in a a, a lovey mood? Sure, of course. I have you. Why wouldn't I be? <laughs> <laughs> and when you got me, what else do you need? Right? That's right. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad we have that well established. Indeed. How are you? I'm good. How was your week? It's been a good week. It's been a good week. Uh, the writing stuff, 1,200 words-ish this week. Just under 12,000. I said 1,200. It's actually 12,000. 12,000 is really, really good. Yeah, I'm pleased. That's right in the target zone mm-hmm. that I want to hit every week. So That charity story will get wrapped up probably by midweek at the rate it's going, uh, which is good. I also got uh, the first round of edits back from Harmony Inc. for Winger Number 1, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of excited about. A uh, little daunted by it. I mean, it baited well last year when it was out, but it is the first time I've written anything like this. Uh, so I'm interested to hear what the good folks at Harmony uh, have provided in those edits, and I'll be cracking into those a little later this week, because I do have the final round of edits to finish off on, on somewhere on Mackinac. Yeah. <laughs> You're a bit busy, fella. I'm a bit busy. I've got edits and writing, and I'm trying to balance both at the same time. Mm-hmm. So far, it's working. Yeah. So far, so good. Uh, also did some uh, early alpha reading uh, with my writer's group yesterday on Winger 2. They got to see uh, the second chapter that they've seen, and that, that turned out well. So good. So far, so good there. Probably get back into editing on that uh, after I edit all this other stuff that's sitting here waiting for me. Mm-hmm. A little crazy on that. Yeah. How was your week? Anything any, anything to, to remark? We, we talked about teeth last week. We did. Um, nothing as interesting as my glorious teeth. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. That's fine. <laughs> we can talk about my teeth again. If you want. They're still really awesome. Yeah, they are. Okay. Smile for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations are in order. We want to say congratulations to Sue. She was the winner of the Valentine's Day Gay Romance Paperback Giveaway. Her books are on on the way, and uh, you should all be looking out for a new giveaway coming this spring. Yes. We have more things in the prize closet, as it were. As it, Well, literally, yes. They are sitting in the closet behind us. <laughs> behind the flag is the closet where the prizes are. So, yes. yes that is true. <laughs> Indeed. 
So, conventions. Conventions, yes. Um, we're going to be speaking briefly uh, to Poppy Dennison in a few moments about coastal magic, and that sort of kicked off the spring convention season. Yes, it did. And we have been planning out uh, our convention uh, appearances uh, <laughs> for, for the rest of the year. Uh, to note, we will not be going to the Rainbow Book Fair this year. Um, it's a little too close for comfort to RT. Yes. Uh, so we won't be partaking of that this year. We also will not be uh, attending the, uh, what's the other Rainbow one in Florida? Rainbow Con. We won't be going to Rainbow Con either. Um, that's a little too close to our planned New York trip. Yeah. Uh, we just filled in the calendar on that one. We'll be heading uh, to New York uh, strictly for fun and pleasure uh, in June. For my birthday. For, for, for Jess's birthday. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. Lots of theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we should in also... In other news. In other con news, um, just before we started recording this mm-hmm. on uh, Sunday the 12th, yes. uh, the good folks who run GRL announced that the registration for authors and readers is expected to take place on Saturday, February 25th, barring any issues with their website. If you've seen the post, you know that they're trying to do some website upgrades, and they're running a little behind schedule, but they do believe registration will be Saturday, February 25th, and that'll be noon Eastern time for authors and 2 p.m. Eastern time for uh, the general registration. So mark your calendars so you can leap in there and get your spots for GRL in Denver. Most definitely. Uh, Now, before we hop into our uh, patron segment, uh, I wanted to mention uh, a little bit about self-care. We touched on that last week mm-hmm. uh, a little bit i went off on a bit of a tangent which um, is fine <laughs> um i wanted to mention chuck wendig and a recent post he did on terrible minds now we have uh mentioned chuck several times in the past uh this past week on i believe it was monday i'm looking at my okay yes yes it was this past monday he did a blog post um uh, why about why you should persist as a writer in times of such heinous fuckery? <laughs> so, well, you just gave us our explicit tag for the week too. Good job. <laughs> I didn't. Chuck did. <laughs> all right. Chuck so, did. <laughs> so if you need to get uh, all riled up and ready for action, I suggest you give that post on his website a try. Um, later the same week, there was a guest post by an author, Cameron Hurley. Uh, and I suggest um, everyone take a look at her blog post, How to Keep Writing Through Times of Great Political Upheaval. And now I think this is a valuable blog post, uh, not just for writers, but really for everybody. Because um, she touches on several different uh, points and several different ways to self-care, whether you're an artist or just a regular everyday Joe trying to get through the day and all the heinous fuckery. Um, <laughs> some of her, some of her tips are uh, ration your news. Mm. Uh, I recently did this. I took uh, Google News alerts off of my homepage for when I, you know, turn on my computer every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need that in my face uh, first thing in the day. Uh, I, I, she doesn't recommend, and I certainly don't recommend, that you cut yourself off completely from the world. It is, of course, important to know what is going on. Uh, just ration it and uh, maybe segment it or portion it out 
uh, in, mm. in little bits and pieces throughout your day so your head doesn't want to explode. Indeed. <laughs> um, another tip she has is take up a hobby that you don't need to be good at. Um, meaning just do something for the joy of it. Uh, Cameron uh, recently uh, started painting with Bob Ross. Nice. Because <laughs> uh, the joy of painting and all of its uh, gazillions of episodes are now available on Netflix. Uh, so you can follow along with Bob any old time you want. And that's what she has started <laughs> to do uh, in order to unwind. Uh, I gotta love Bob. Bob's awesome. I adore Bob. He's so chill and so mellow. Happy trees. <laughs> happy trees. And uh, so that's how she unwinds uh, and uh, expresses herself uh, without having to be necessarily be any good at it. No one has to look at, at your art other than you. Just do it for the fun of it. So uh, those were some of the tips that she gave for self-care in the past week. Uh, check out how to keep writing through times of great political upheaval. I think it has uh, some valuable insight and tips. Yeah. So we'll link to both of those on Terrible Minds. Uh, we'll link them up in the show notes. Yes. And now on to our patrons. We would like to thank you. Uh, well, well, thank you, everyone, <laughs> who has uh, supported us through our Patreon campaign. And a very special thank you to our newest patron, Brent. You can help support the Big Gay Fiction Podcast with a monthly pledge. pledge blah, 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 blah. It is going to be one of those episodes. Oh, yeah. With a monthly pledge through Patreon. For less than the price of a coffee a month, your pledge helps pay the costs of producing and distributing this podcast. For those fans who pledge at the silver and gold levels, you'll have the exclusive opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests. Thanks to everyone who helped us meet our monthly goal. We will be producing a bonus show for February, and it will premiere on Valentine's Day. Uh, available only to our Patreon supporters. You can get details on becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash biggayfictionpodcast. Well done. Thank you. So earlier this week, we had the pleasure to talk to Poppy Dennison, author and director of marketing for Dream Spinner Press. Mm -hmm. uh, she's one of the folks that we know who went to the Coastal Magic Convention, which went down over the first weekend of February uh, in Daytona Beach. Yes. Yes. And uh, she gave us the scoop on what happened there. So we're welcoming back Poppy Dennison to the podcast. Hi, Poppy. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing good. So we know you were just at Coastal Magic this past weekend. Uh, it was, it was. Give our listeners the scoop for those who, who aren't aware of the event or didn't get to go this year. Well, Coastal Magic is probably my favorite convention of the year. Um, it's one, it's in Daytona Beach in February. So for anybody who's cold right now, imagine Daytona Beach in February. Um, we were wearing T-shirts for the weekend. It was delightful. Um, so that, that's one bonus, but the other part is that this is a great event for readers. Um, for me, um, I meet so many people who either have never read my books, have never heard of my books, um, and just they're so open to exploring the, the new authors and new series. It's a lot of fun in the readers there are just some of my favorite people they the ones that i've met i've been to coastal magic every year that it's been open with this was our this was the five-year anniversary and i've been all five years 
Um, and so I've met some of these readers and they, they follow me. And so every year they bring in new books and they're excited to see me and to see what I've, I've done and to talk about the books and to scold me once or twice on how slow I write. <laughs> but um, it's just such an amazing event. Um, and it's really open to everybody. Any type of author is welcome to go. Well, I would say I should say fiction. I don't. Don't really think there's any nonfiction writers there, but fiction, we, they've got science fiction, mystery, a lot of romance writers are there, uh, paranormal, contemporary, like you name it. Um, when it started, it, it was for paranormal and like sci-fi only, but now it's really opened up to all genres of fiction. So I know I just was like really long-winded, but it's a great event. It's a great event, you asked. <laughs> What was your favorite part of, of Coastal Magic this year? Um, I think, well, there's a lot of favorite parts for me in different ways. So as I mentioned, I lo really love being able to interact with the readers who go to Coastal. And um, so that's always like one of my favorite parts of any event. Um, some of the events that they actually have at Coastal are really fun. For those of you who know Damon Sway, he does Cinema Craptastique. At Coastal Magic every year. He also does the same event at RT. So for those of you going to RT, it's a don't miss event. He does commentary over a really delightful, shall we say, movie. This year was the um, Mariah Carey classic, Glitter. And it was really interesting and painful. So <laughs> he get, but he gives commentary and there's lots of prizes and you like laugh until you cry and you tweet about it. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, but they have great panels too. So I was on a great panel this year talking about um, like paranormal happenings that have happened in real life. So it was like um, sort of a fiction versus reality thing for paranormal. And I've actually had some really interesting experiences. So I was able to be on that panel and I really enjoyed like being able to talk to the readers because it's not such a humongous event. You can actually have a conversation during your panels with readers um, and they're able to really ask questions are really interactive and they, you know, we got to hear some of the other stories from some of the authors, one of the authors, her house um, was haunted in like a really real way. It was really funny. Like, the ghost didn't, wouldn't let their, them sell their house because she didn't want her to take the kids because she was, had three kids. And the, the ghost apparently really liked having kids in the house. And so she would sabotage any time the house was being shown. Weird things would happen when, to the people with the realtor and so nobody would buy the house. And so just some interesting things like that that, you know, all the panels are just so neat. So, And then there was 15 Dream Center authors there, so hanging out with authors that are part of my dream center family is just, it's really cool to get to do that. Mm -hmm. so. Awesome. Now you just mentioned that it's not a ginormous event about how many um, authors and readers are there by your estimate. Oh, um, I think, I think mm -hmm. the cutoff is 75 authors for featured authors. Okay. So um, she does have some spaces. Um, and by she, I mean Jennifer Morris, who is the organizer, and she's just amazing. Um, so Jennifer does allow a few spots. I don't know how many for authors who just want to go to the signing because they do a big signing on the Saturday that's open to the public. Um, 
but I think it's 75 featured authors. And then the attendees, I think, it's several hundred, but I don't know how many. Probably two or three hundred. I've never actually asked that question. <laughs> I probably should, but I just know it's such a fun event that I've never really... But the readers are really active. Like that's like they come there to buy books and to talk to authors and to buy books. And that's kind of fun because a lot of times that that doesn't happen at events as much. Like people don't come in like um, with a cart knowing they're gonna leave by having bought a cart full of books. Yeah. Like but that's what that's the author I mean, that's the readers that come to Coastal. Like they are looking for new authors and so it's kinda That's exciting. So, couple hundred, yeah, though, yeah. so a couple of days in the sun in Daytona sounds really, really nice. How, how long is the event specifically? Is it a, a long weekend? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, cinema Cryptastique is the first event and that's Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. And then panels are Friday, Saturday and Sunday till about noon, I think. So that way people can leave Sunday afternoon and head home. So normally people come in on Thursday morning mm-hmm. and then leave late Sunday afternoon. So it's sort of a, that's, that's the way a lot of folks do it. Sounds like I need to add this next year somehow. Yeah, it's on my list. It's on my, yeah. Oh, it's so fun. That, it's so hard. See, and I cheat because, you know, for me, it's, I have to drive an hour. Um, so like, it's really hard. I know for a lot of you guys who are on the West coast, it's harder because you're coming but that's the way I feel about a lot of the things that are on the West Coast. I'm like, oh, how many trips a year can I make, you know, to to go out to Yowie Con or to um, the gay, what is it, the Gay Romance Northwest that's there up exactly. there up in Seattle yeah. and Portland. Yeah. Um, I know I want to go to those every year, and I just can't manage the cross-country flights. But yeah. Definitely try to come in because I think that that's, you won't regret it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for giving us a little insight on that. You're welcome. And you can find more about Coastal Magic at coastalmagicconvention.com. And Jennifer is the organizer. Like I said, you can shoot her an email if you have questions. Um, If folks have questions, just let me know. I'm happy to answer questions, you know, um, as much as I can for folks. So. If, if anybody wants to ask, they can reach out to me or reach out directly to Jennifer. Happy to help in any way I can. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Did you know that podcasts love to get reviews too? Taking a moment to leave a review about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast helps us with the show's visibility online. Please take a moment to visit iTunes and leave a review. Your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show. Thanks for helping us spread the word about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Now, on to other things. Uh, I want to quickly recommend some podcasts to our listeners. Um, There is a lovely lady by the name of Rachel Heron. She is a lovely lesbian who is a successful author in her own right. Uh, She happens to write um, popular uh, het romance. And she has two podcasts I'd like to quickly recommend. The first is uh, Pedal to the Metal. Uh, She is the Petal, and her co-host is the Metal, uh, Jay Thorne. And the podcast is essentially just the two of them sitting down and talking about Jay's attempt to 
become a full-time writer. Rachel is sort of serving as his mentor and because she uh, became a full-time writer last year and it's really just the two of them conversing about their writing and their art um you know, you know the, the changes in you know day job to full-time writer and um different things like that um it's a adorable show i highly recommend it to everyone whether you're a reader or a writer um the two of them have uh, a pretty um, I think I already said charming, but they have a really uh, lovely rapport. Uh, I highly recommend you check that out. Rachel has another podcast as well called How Do You Write? And each week she talks to a different author or creative person and just kind of digs into their creative process. So I think that's uh, valuable to uh, authors to learn about how other people do it. And uh, if you're a reader and you kind of get off on <laughs> sort of the behind the scenes stuff, I think it would be of interest to you as well. Uh, she's, uh, Rachel is a wonderful conversationalist. Uh, uh, everything she does is unlike, unlike me, like right now, she's, she's very smooth and her style is very conversational. Uh, so I highly recommend you check out her two podcasts, Pedal to the Metal, and how do you write? And we'll link to both of those in the show notes. Now, another podcast uh, that we've been listening to on and off recently as we've kind of found it is Smart Podcast Trashy Books, uh, which is run by Sarah, who runs the Smart Bitches uh, website, which is all things romance. Mm -hmm. um, recently, on episode number 232, which is about two weeks old now, uh, she sat down with B and Leah Koch, you know, two of our very favorite bookstore proprietresses. Uh, to talk about the first year of The Ripped Bodice, because they're coming up on their anniversary on March 4th. Uh, it was a lovely interview, um, especially learning about the show the, the show dog. No, the store dog, uh, Fitzwilliam Waffles, who I've yet to meet, because I haven't been in the store since Fitzwilliam joined the family and the staff there. But uh, I look forward to meeting him later. Lovely podcast. Highly recommend you check it out, because they talk about all things romance. They talk about the bookstore. They talk extensively about Fitzwilliam. Uh, it was a really good show. It was nice to hear from them coming up on their year. Uh, so we'll link to that in the uh, show notes as well, so you can find that. Uh, something else to mention that went down just this very morning on CBS Sunday Morning. Uh, correspondent Faith Saley uh, had, I'd say, about five minutes. Does that sound about right? Mm -hmm. um, talking about the multi-million dollar business that is romance novels. Uh, Sarah from Smart Bitches uh, was on there. They filmed a bit of the segment in the Ripped Bodice bookstore. Um, David Swade's head appears in the uh, segment briefly that was set in a New York bookstore. Um, it was a really nice piece. And there is um, some call out to uh, same-sex authors as well with some of those books, some titles flashing across the screen during the segment. Uh, what did you think of that piece? Uh, I thought it was very, very nice. Um, not condescending at all. Faith, no. Faith has her, uh, incidentally, has her own podcast and she's exploring, uh, oh gosh, I'm not even, I'm not a hundred percent sure what the subject of her <laughs> she's podcast is. She's exploring things. She's exploring things. I think romance and relationships is part of it. I think Faith is actually a recent convert to romance novels and this is sort of CBS's yearly nod to, you know, romance novels you know, it's, of, it's, it's an easy Valentine's week story yeah, to do. Yeah, uh, but it was uh, really nicely done, uh, not condescending or anything like that. 
Lovely Thoughts by um, Sarah from Smart Bitches. Uh, She was the main talking head for this Mm -hmm. particular segment. And a couple of authors who I didn't write down because I forgot to write them down. But there is a link in the show notes directly to the video of the piece, which is available on the CBS Sunday Morning website. Mm -hmm. Let's talk talk about some uh, books. Yeah. I've been reading up a storm. These last few weeks. Um, I've got three books to talk about today um, that have been finished all, I think, within this week. Uh, first up is Kindle Alexander's Painted on My Heart, which is their latest. Shockingly, it's my first Kindle book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. Oh, my God. <laughs> they write such good romance. Uh, this is about Eric, who is a real estate developer and a bit of a playboy. He's got He's one of those guys who has, you know, people in every city that he can uh, you know, take to bed with him if he's bored. Uh, but he wants to leave all that behind when he meets Kellis, who is this artist who has done an installation for his latest resort hotel in Dallas. And uh, these two have an amazing push and pull with each other. Kellis is very headstrong, very independent, carries a lot of baggage. He's got an ex who's a drug addict who continues to mess with his life. Uh, and that's just the, the tip of the iceberg of what Kellis's baggage is. And Eric, though, will not be deterred from pursuing him, no matter how much of Kellis's former life that he sees and how messed up he sees uh, Kellis being. He wants to fix Kellis and give him the life he deserves. Uh, but Kellis keeps pushing back because he doesn't think he deserves it. And so it's one of these big, you know, push-pulls that goes on. And the the Kindles write it so well. Uh, I was It was a page-turner for me. It was hard for me to take the break in the middle of it to do the Wolf Song audiobook mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just wanted to know where this was going. Uh, so I highly recommend this. It was great romance. They wrote these two characters who are both headstrong in their own ways uh, very well. There's a tremendous supporting cast uh, involved as well, and I I really loved it a lot. Good. Um, and then to, to switch to completely different topics... Uh, I went with, for a couple middle grade books <laughs> because why wouldn't you shift from Kindle Alexander into middle grade non-romance? Um, I started the Jack and Louisa series a couple years ago when Act One came out. Now these are books who written by Andrew Keenan Bolger and Kate Weatherhead, who uh, created the submissions only uh, web series, which details kind of behind the scenes of being Broadway actors. Uh, Andrew. Uh, is known for roles in Newsies and uh, Tuck Everlasting and some other musical roles. Uh, and these are uh, theatrical-based books for the musical theater nerd kids. Um, in Act 2 and 3, uh, they get to go... In Act 2 specifically, which picks up in the winter holidays after Act 1, the, Jack goes back to New York, brings Louisa with him, tours her around the city, ends up going to see the show that he was fired from, because his voice changed, and that was a growth experience for him to have to be gracious among all these people who were his former um, castmates. And then he went back home to star in his uh, school's production of Guys and Dolls, which brought its own set of challenges as he was dealing with a former Broadway star who washed out of her Broadway career and was now slightly intimidated by him. So he had to learn how to take on and deal with an adult who was intimidated by him and causing him grief. Mm-hmm. So major growth there. And then in Act 3, which takes place, at, starts off at summer camp, which, they, of course, they go to musical theater summer camp, which is completely adorable. 
Uh, each of them makes new friends, and for Jack, he might have more than a friend in Teddy, and he's trying to figure out what that means exactly. And once they come home, there's this back and forth of, will they try to be in The Sound of Music at their local community players, or will they try to get into the uh, competition that uh, is all the rage in Ohio, uh, where Jack knows Teddy will be? And, of course, they go to the competition because they have to. And so they do a, a, a student 30-minute version of the Fantastics and try to update it in the within the rules of the competition, which all brings on different challenges because they try to make it a very uh, techie, um, based in a reality show with all this technology and stuff mm, and just completely okay. try to go crazy with it. Um these, and, and, of course, Jack has a lot of growth here, too. So does Louisa, because she's found potentially her first boyfriend. Uh, so she's trying to deal with that, but also figure out what's going on with Jack, who's become a little more secretive. And there's so much of these books that's so good. If you're an adult theater nerd, you will love these for all the references to all the shows. Um, if you've got theater-loving kids in your life, they will love these books because they will relate to these kids 100%. Uh, Andrew and Kate just write these things. I think they lived a lot of stuff, if I had to guess, because it's just written so clearly. And, of course, they have friends who can tell them all about this stuff, too, to get it, you know, written well. So I highly recommend these if you're into theater or you want to pick up a middle grade book. Um, I enjoyed them. The Jack and Louisa series. There's three of them now out there. Cool. Awesome. And uh, the buy links are in the show notes as our more cohesively written reviews uh, from our website. Awesome. Now, you've read two this week. I read one. Uh, I want to talk about really quickly the most recent MJ O'Shea book I finished. Uh, it's called The Worst Best Man. This is the next book in, well, one of the most recent, I'm sorry, in the Dreamspun Desires series. And uh, this particular tome revolves around uh, an American, August O'Leary. He is working in London at a very prestigious uh, uh uh, event firm. Uh, they put on big, glamorous, high-profile events. And a big deal wedding comes his way. Uh, so he has to meet with the bride, and unfortunately, uh, along with the bride comes her best friend. And that best friend, Christopher, is August's ex from back in his university days. And they had a really horrible breakup uh, about 10 years prior. Uh, and August is still hurting over this. And the rest of the book is about planning the big event wedding, but it's also about August and Christopher sort of forgiving each other for the past and coming to terms with that while getting to know one, one another again. Uh, and the relationship grows over the course of almost a year until it comes to the big day uh, when, unfortunately, uh, another event gets in the way of their love. And it's up to Christopher, who is a rather highfalutin Brit. He's he's not like a lord or a duke or anything, but he's like rich and he has a estate. and uh, He's yeah. fancy. He's fancy. He's a fancy guy. And it's up to Christopher once again to choose between, you know, uh, between August and his, you know, highfalutin fancy life. 
So uh, I highly recommend it. It's called The Worst Best Man by MJ O'Shea. I liked it a lot. Uh, one, one thing that I think MJ does very well is small, small moments. Um, she takes her, when it comes to her characters, she takes her time uh, developing the intimacy and the romance so that as the characters are getting to know one one another, we uh, go along on the, that ex, the, I'm sorry, words, words this week, I'm telling you. It's a problem. <laughs> as the characters grow and learn about one another, uh, we go along with them on that exact same journey so that we know and understand uh, as well, exactly where they are uh, in their relationship. She really excels at that, and I think uh, this particular book uh, really uh, brings that particular talent of hers to the forefront. And I just, uh, as with all the other MJ books, I highly recommend that. I thought it was really, really good. I'll have to read that one. I've, I've read most of her Dreamspun so far, and I've got to get that into my queue for sure. Uh, a couple theater things to talk about. You know, we talked about theater books just a moment ago, so I might as well talk about some actual onstage theater, too. I uh, just wanted to call out uh, for those folks in the tri-state area or who might be visiting New York in the coming weeks, Sunday in the Park with George is having a revival on Broadway right now. It just started up this past week. Uh, it's running exclusively through April 23rd uh, at the newly refurbished and reopened Hudson Theater. That's the first theater production that show, that theaters had since 1968. I did my research. Proving I write things down occasionally. <laughs> Uh, what makes this uh, such an interesting revival is it stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Annalie Ashford. Uh, it's Jake's uh, Broadway debut. I don't know if it's Annalie's or not. Uh, this no. It's not? Of course not. She was in Kinky Boots. Oh, my God. See? It's Annalie Ashford. Oh, it's her. It's her. <laughs> she was awesome in Kinky Boots. She's amazing. So... Uh, yeah, if you're there, check out Jake and Anna Lee. You're yeah. going to be blown away. Um, Jake, they released a clip just this week of Jake singing uh, one of the iconic songs from the show called Finishing the Hat, which was just amazing. I mean, I figured the guy could sing since he's been cast at a Sondheim musical because, you know, those aren't easy. Uh, falling in the boots of um, Mandy Patinkin, who originated the role of George. Uh, in the 80s, and he Jake just nailed Finishing the Hat. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes for sure, so everybody can check that out. Um, wish we were in New York to see this. Yeah. Um, it got all the buzz when it was done at City City Encores uh, for a three-day a three day weekend concert presentation, uh, and this looks just outstanding. So if you're in the city before April 23rd, try to pick up a ticket and go see that. Uh, something you don't need to go to New York for, but just need to find the right movie theater is to see Newsies uh, on from a production that was shot uh, in L.A. back in the fall. Uh, they reunited the primary cast uh, with Jeremy Jordan as Jack, Carl uh, Lindsay, Ben Frankenhauser, and Andrew Keenan Bulger, and staged it for the cameras. It's going to be in movie theaters across the U.S. February 16th, 18th, and 22nd. Uh, you just have to have a Fathom Events theater near you, which sadly we do not. Hopefully Disney will be making this into a Blu-ray. Uh, and there are separate dates uh, for Canada and overseas as well, which you can get at fathomevents.com, and we'll link to that in the show notes. I loved Newsies. It is one of my favorite things. I loved the movie back in the day with Christian Bale. Um, I was gaga over the Broadway production, so I'm excited that it's been captured with this with 
a number of the original cast members and uh, that it's going to get a movie play. And hopefully, I can't imagine Disney's just going to stick it back in the vault when they're done. No. It's got to have a DVD coming soon. So, uh, a couple TV things to mention. Uh, we've taken on uh, the NBC comedy Powerless, which is about the people who work at Wayne's security whose job it is to protect citizens from all the crap that goes on when superheroes fight supervillains. Really cute comedy with Vanessa Hudgens in a role that I would have never pictured her in. Uh, Alan Tudyk uh, plays Bruce Wayne's cousin, I think it is. Uh, and he's a hoot. And, oh, what's her name? Kim, Kim, Kim. Who plays the secretary? She was on the show A to Z, and I made a mental note to make it, to figure, to remember that. She is an absolute hoot as his secretary. Um, it's a super cute show. I think what's interesting is that I think it's obvious that NBC has been making a concerted effort uh, to shore up their uh, sitcoms. Uh, in the past couple of years, they put forward some really interesting high concept mm -hmm. comedies um, uh, that you know we hardly watched any NBC at all just a couple of years ago. Uh, now we watch several of them. Uh, uh, and this is a gem. I think it's super, super funny. If you ever wondered what a workplace comedy in a DC universe would be like, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very funny. Yeah. I it, like it a lot. Thursday nights on NBC uh, following Superstore, which we're also a big fan of. Yeah. Um, also to note, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Season 2 is headed to Netflix. Might be there now or is headed there within the next week. Uh, the show just really capped an amazing second season with a really twisted finale that it, I think is going to remap the show for season three. Mm -hmm. uh, we won't give it away because then that would take away the fun. But uh, definitely check it out on Netflix. It continues to be one of our favorite shows. You think you want to say about season two before it's just a mm-hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think... At first I wasn't super sure how I felt about season two because... I, I think where Crazy Ex-Girlfriend excels is uh, not only in the uh, lead character, uh, sort of her journey uh, as a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I think uh, it's really all about the supporting cast, uh, who are all, every single one of them is absolutely phenomenal and incredibly hilarious. Um, I don't think the storyline meshed the secondary cast into like the main storyline as well as they did in the first season that mm. being said everyone in the secondary cast had a, at least one really spectacular moment mm -hmm. during the season uh i think daryl and white josh had a phenomenally funny uh episode early in the season where they all went to that like that faux coachella Burn, oh, yeah. Burning Man thing. That was hilarious. We didn't get to see a lot of them this season, but that episode was pure gold. Uh, the same thing went for... Um, I really like the actress who plays Heather. We did not get to see a whole bunch of her this season. True. But, but the episode where um, Paula was tra trapped in the bathroom during the Girl Power episode 
and Heather's saying a song called Paul is Trapped in the Bathroom. Oh my God. That's one of my very favorite things <laughs> in the show ever. It was one of the funniest, funniest things. So overall, I was really, really pleased with season two. And I'm looking forward after that finale. Mm. I'm really interested to see uh, where the craziness is going to take all these people in season three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we st- well, I talked to Jay from Joyfully Jay recently. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to talk to us about theme week. Plus, she's got some great books to recommend. I'm excited to welcome back Jay from Joyfully Jay to the podcast. Happy Hi, Valentine's Hi. Day. Thank you. You too. So I know you've got a theme week going on. Uh, what do we have to look forward to on Joyfully Jay this week? Oh, good. Well, I'm really excited. The theme week actually isn't this week. It's coming up. Oh, and I should have looked at my dates. I'm going to say it's at the beginning of April. Um, we do a theme week every year here. Um, when I first started, I actually did them a couple times a year, but they've gotten so colossal. It's really only an annual endeavor now. Um, but we, we do a week-long activity, or week-long event where we um, celebrate books in a particular theme. So in the past, the first one I did was Virgin Heroes because it's a personal favorite, but we've done um, rock stars. We've done young love. Um, last year was friends and enemies to lovers. We've done men in uniform. So we try to pick a theme that encompasses, um, enough books and enough, um, stories in the genre that we can find a week, I mean, find a week's worth of stuff to review. So the whole week is focused on that theme. We do, um, all of our reviews, all of our guest posts are around that theme Um, We usually do a favorites list. So I do favorites lists a lot of different themes I like. So we do a list of all of our favorite books that match. Um, And then we do a really big giveaway. And the last, I would say, three years, we've had a 100-plus prize giveaway, which is amazing. I know, right? Um, Really generous authors and generous publishers. So um, that's always really exciting and fun and completely chaotic. Um, to try to distribute 100 prizes. And one of the fun things we started doing in the past few years is that everyone gets to make a prize wish list when they enter, which is really fun. Um, So they give maybe their top 10 prizes, and we try to distribute um, based on what their wish list is, and everyone gets a chance to pick their prize. So that's really super fun and um, always, I think, for me, the highlight of the week because I love to be like the fairy godmother and getting to give out all the prizes. Um, so I'm really excited because we just announced this, but if you haven't seen, our theme for um, this year is going to be Opposites Attract. And um, yeah, I'm That's really excited about that one. It is. You know, we um, we actually do uh, read a lot of Opposites Attract stories, and usually they are um, focused on different personalities. Um, you know, that's sort of the traditional idea of Opposites Attract. So um you know, guys who have really different personalities and different styles. Um, But as we were sort of brainstorming ideas for themes this year, we realized a lot of our ideas sort of all fell under that because we were thinking about maybe like blue collar, white collar or age different stories. Um, And all of a sudden we realized, in fact, my reviewer Chris came up with this sort of connection that all of these things sort of fell under the umbrella um, of opposites attract. So like I said, things like um, opposite personalities, you know, wealthy hero, um, age different stories, um, even things like jocks and geeks and, you know, bears and twinks and all kinds of things can sort of fit under that umbrella. So I think it's going to be a really cool theme with a lot of possibilities for 
um, what we can read. So I'm really excited about it. And it should yield a great prize package too, because so much can, so right. many things can fall under that. Yeah. I mean, that's always the challenge when we pick our events because we want it to be something that we're interested in reading, something our readers are interested in, and also something that's broad enough that, you know, we have more than a handful of things to talk about. So really excited about that. And if people are interested in getting involved, um, I can mention a couple things. Um, first off, authors and publishers, if you have a book that you think fits in that theme, anything that would fall into the opposites attract umbrella that you want um, to donate to the giveaway, you can let me know. Um, we start collecting, you know, basically now, and we'll come back for the next few months, couple months. Um, if you have a book coming out or already out that you think is worth considering for review, um, we'd love to hear it. And from readers, um, well, and I'll go back. And for authors, if you have a guest post that you think you could write about Opposites Attract, I'd love to hear it because we're going to need probably six or seven guest posters who can talk about some aspect of Opposites Attract um, in relation to their books. So lots of chances for authors. Um, and for readers, if you have suggestions of books that you'd like us to consider for review or um, you know something that's coming out that you're really curious about that you want us to think about, including definitely let me know. Um, you can either email me all this stuff or um, on the post that runs on the blog that's announcing the kickoff for Theme Week, and I'll give you the link for that. You can reply in the comments, and I'll see it there. So lots of ways to get involved, and I'm really excited for this one. I've already started thinking about what I want to read, but um, haven't finalized anything yet, of course, because it's still early. So I can give you – sorry, I'm looking at my – calendar real quick. I can give you the dates. Okay. The dates for the theme week are April 2nd through April 8th. So that will be, uh, that will be the official, uh, schedule for that. So keep your eyes open for that. I know it seems a far away, but it takes a lot of time to pull all of this stuff together and collect all the giveaways and organize all the books we're going to review. So, um, it's actually only about six weeks away now. So yeah, not too bad. Yeah. I have to say, since you mentioned Opposites Attract, all I have in my head now is that Paula Abdul song. I know. Maybe that can be our official theme song for the week. I think it should be. I know. I know. You don't want to hear me sing it, but yes, I know. You don't want to hear me sing it either. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been reading lately that our, our listeners should maybe uh, pick up a copy of? Okay. Um, well, some things I have read recently or I'm reading now, um, I would say... First thing that I recently read that I'm really excited about, and the review ran a couple of weeks ago, was audiobook for Wolf Song by T.J. Klune. Um, and people who saw my podcast last month made me remember that I was talking about another T.J. Klune audiobook that I listened to, which was one of his um, humorous books, Homo Job King, and how wonderful Michael Leslie was in that. So this was a complete turnaround because I listened to Wolf Song, which is a very... Um, I don't want to say heavy, but it's a much darker thematic movie and book and focuses on shifters. And I had not read it the first time around, but had heard wonderful things about it. And um, when I had a chance to listen to the audiobook, I was really excited about that. Um, Kurt Graves was the narrator and he was excellent and um, really good match of narrator to book. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of audio is tone of the story and Kurt really nailed it. So I loved that. Um, and definitely would recommend, even if you read the book, to check out that audio. Um, I also, which is running tomorrow, actually, um, read um, Guarding Mr. Fine by Helen K. Damon. 
Um, and she writes a lot of male female stuff, but also male male. And this is sort of a CIA spy thriller series. And this, uh, the latest book in the series, this is the third one. And it connects in that one of the main characters appears earlier in the series, but the plot line pretty much stands alone. Um, and it opens with what I call like the Meredith Grey, Grey's Anatomy scenario, which um, if you watch that show, it starts off with her um, hooking up with Derek, who is her future boss, but not knowing it's her boss. So that for some reason is like a super popular romance trope. The like go for a hot hookup and then you find out that you're like working with or working for that person three days later. So it opens with that in that um, one of the guys is a, the CIA guy and one of them is the German consul who they need to protect. And so it's a really fun um, sort of hardcore tough guy spy thriller suspense, which I really, I really enjoyed. Um, and again, that review is coming out tomorrow. So I'll give you that link for that as well. Um, I also really liked the, I want to say now it's the third book um, in A.M. Arthur's um, offbeat series called um, Hot Licks. I reviewed that last week. And this story actually, it's follows um, a band or two bands actually over the course of now three books and each one explores a different band member. So this is an interesting one as well in that it's a, um, it starts with a couple, an established couple that we've met earlier in earlier books and we know that they are um, having conflict about the open relationship that they have. One wants it, one doesn't. So we sort of know going into this that there's a backstory there. Um, and then interestingly, the book um, has them take on a third. So it becomes sort of a poly menage story, which I thought was really interesting. I'm always, um, I always like to see authors who take something that's a little bit of a risk. So there were a lot of interesting elements here, both the open relationship, which I know a lot of readers sometimes get mm -hmm. crunchy about, and then taking an established couple and adding a third. Um, it also explored some really interesting, um, I guess, sort of um, sexual identity dynamics in that um, bisexual character, pansexual character, and asexual character all together in one story. So that it was really interesting the way that she uses the um, the different characters relate to each other differently in this threesome. So I thought that one was really fun and um, probably a book that's best read if you're familiar with the rest of the series, just because so many side characters all appear um, and these guys have appeared earlier, but definitely a series I'm really enjoying. So if you like sort of the hot rock star sort of, um, or up and coming rock star, I would say idea, then definitely check out that series because it's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. I, Speaking of the Minaj thing and threesomes, we had we did we did a discussion on tropes uh, in episode mm -hmm. sixty nine a couple of weeks ago, and we had some feedback from readers because we'd asked in general through a giveaway, you know, what's your favorite trope, and we mm -hmm. got threesome back far more than I thought we would simply because I know it doesn't work for a lot of a, a lot of readers. Yeah, yeah, I, and you know what? I actually really like reading it, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, I mean, it's so, like, not something I could ever imagine in my real life. And maybe that's sort of the fantasy aspect of it because it's not um, my personal thing. But I really like Minaj stories. And, you know, I think there's sort of that range. There's the three people who come together and sort of all meet on equal footing, um, which I think is a really interesting dynamic. But I also kind of like the 
taking two and adding a third and seeing how that mixes and how the power balance goes and how the emotional balance goes. And I think there's a lot of interesting things that you can explore with that because you, know, you have this couple that has this history of trust and relationship and then this third person comes in and how do they ever feel equal and deal with jealousy and deal with um, you know sort of all those dynamics. So I think that they're interesting. Um, but I know some people don't like to read them at all. And like I said, the open relationship dynamic I thought was also, um, you know, was also interesting. Um, I tend to like the things that a lot of people like refuse to read. So, um, you know, I think that it's fun to sort of push boundaries a little bit with what I read and with what people write. So um, I really like that. And I have to say, I totally agree with your Wolf Song uh, oh, review. Good. I'm an hour away from finishing it. Ah! <laughs> you read the book? The, where I had to stop, I'm like... No, not right now. <laughs> I know, I know. Have you, um, did you read the book? Like, do you already know what, not that I'm going to spoil what happens, no. but I'm just, yes. So I went into it cold too, and really had no idea other than a general sense that everyone loved the book. Um, so yeah, and the funny thing is I, um, I tend to listen to audio when I'm doing other things. So usually when I'm driving, mm -hmm. um, or at the grocery store or places where I can sort of have gone in the background, but, um, I started listening to that one weirdly while I was working out because I was doing um, videos that I had heard enough times that I didn't need the sound. So it's sort of strange because I now like associate like Kurt Graves with like kickboxing in the back of my head. And like even more, it totally got me motivated for like a long workout because I had like this uninterrupted block of time to listen. So you know how you have like word association and scent association. I now have like this audio association that I think of like exercising in Kurt Graves. So it's kind of a funny dynamic, but it got me like really motivated to work out because I knew I was going to get like a nice chunk of time to yeah. listen to it. Cause it's a long, long yeah. audio book. 18 hours. I heard, I know Kurt's doing uh, TJ's murmuration. Murmuration. Yes. Which yes. I have read and I'm already looking forward to the audio book just to see what Kurt does with it. Cause I love yeah. This one. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read, we reviewed Murmuration and then actually, um, we are reviewing the audio. Um, Michelle's reviewing it for us. So I'm really curious to see what he does with another book, but, um, I think TJ's stuff is interesting because he can do totally comedic and totally intense and dark and twisty. And, you know, there's, I think a handful of authors who do that really well, who can do both. I mean, both tend to be either one or the other or, sort of can make it to the middle, but not a whole lot can go. Yeah. Um, I would say Lisa Henry and J.A. Rock are two others who I would say can do that, who do really well with super dark and scary and super hysterical, you know, peeing yourself laughing. But there's not a lot of authors who can get both extremes so well, and TJ's definitely one of them. Yeah, I would agree, because my other ones that I've read of his, well, actually listened to, um, How to Be a Normal Person, which was mm, yes. wildly funny. Yes, and murmuration, which drifts back towards that darker place. Right. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, Jay, I thank you so much for, for dropping in. We will link up to everything that you've given us sure. and look Sounds forward to seeing a lot more about theme week as we get closer to April. For sure. Thank you so much. Hockey players Simon Roberts and Alex Miller never could have known that the moment they first kissed, they were embarking on the love of a lifetime. The Hat Trick box set is their love story, as told by Simon beginning their senior year of high school through college graduation and beyond. 
from the insecurity of coming out to mentorship of gay youth. For Simon and Alex, it's always about love, family, and hockey. The box set includes three full-length novels and three short stories in one easy-to-download ebook. Get yours today at Amazon.com and other online retailers. All right, I think that is going to do it for our very special Valentine's Day episode. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. Coming up next week, we have an interview with N.J. O'Shea. Uh, we're going to talk about her uh, her uh, prolificness and how yes. much we love all of the books of hers that we've read. Uh, so be sure and check that out. Come back next week. Uh, until then, keep reading, and we will see you next time. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.